Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Wednesday, June 5th. We're having a dance party in the studio. Yes, I've learned not to dance in the studio. <laughs> Bad things because, happen. Liquids you go. Know, well, All that we knock over from, bottles of water, yes. but also Sarah ends up, you know, oh, Facebook, Facebook Live. Live. Yeah, that did happen. Aiming a camera at me while that I'm dancing hilarious. in the studio. You can to the still see that music. on Facebook. Yeah, thank it's you. There. Thanks for reminding everyone. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, Speaking of dancing, there are reasons to celebrate uh, Festival of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, coming up this weekend. Um, We'll be observing that. And so we're going to dig into that today with Pastor Peter Ill of Trinity Lutheran Church in Millstadt, Illinois, regular regular personality here on KFUO. Personality. People who know me would say I have plenty of personality. personality to go around. So it's our Pentecost personality today, Pastor Peter Ill. Oh, man. Wow. Alliteration. Alliteration. Well, I am so excited because Pentecost is one of these holidays, church festivals, that uh, is truly a holy day. And as we get to go through the holy day of Pentecost, uh, there's a lot of things that get said out in the in the church and in the world about Pentecost. Uh, and and there's a couple of them that I'm, I'm a little bit fussy about because that's in my... <laughs> personal pastoral nature, I suppose. Uh, Sometimes people will say that uh, they'll talk about what happens in Acts chapter 2, and they'll say that's the first Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And I all of a sudden get a little bit twitchy, because it's not the first Pentecost. It's the first Christian Pentecost. It's the first Pentecost after Jesus died and rose from the dead. But the festival of Pentecost, otherwise known as the Feast of Weeks, is known in the Old Testament and is given to us in the book of Leviticus in chapter 23. It talks about how 50 weeks after sorry 50 days or 7 weeks after the har- the first fruits of the harvest were gathered then you would gather at the conclusion of the harvest and it functioned in a lot of ways uh, similarly to our thanksgiving celebration uh, but it was something prescribed by god to happen 50 days after the first fruits and so we get to recognize that 50 days, seven weeks after Easter, we gather for uh, Pentecost because Jesus is the first fruits from the dead. And now we have the, the conclusion of the harvest as the promised comforter, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit comes to the church and says, you have received the first fruits and now I am bringing to you the fullness of the faith that you can look at Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit calls to mind all of the words that Jesus has given us. And so we really focus and fixate on that gift of faith that the Holy Spirit brings to us 50 days, uh, seven weeks plus one after Easter. (laughs) Well, that whole first Pentecost thing, I'm pretty sure I heard that a lot and just didn't even think about the fact that it it wasn't. There's a clue in the word, Pentecost. Right. 50 or well, yeah. yeah so i mean there's a clue <laughs> so to think that it <laughs> So when we think about, the, we, we are familiar with pentagons, uh-huh. you know, five-sided shapes. That's penta with an A. Uh, penta with an E means 50, not five. And so uh-huh. pentecost is 50 days. Pentecost would be five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we have a five-day festival, but we do have this wonderful 50-day <laughs> festival uh, that continues to point that Jesus is the firstborn of the dead or the first fruits of the resurrection, if you want to put it that way. But even greater we end up getting to have the 
the truth that the fullness of faith has come to us and the Holy Spirit has called all of the words to G- of Jesus to mind for us. And so we, this is a celebration, uh, sometimes we want to say it's a celebration of the Holy Spirit, but Wherever the Holy Spirit is, it's really a celebration of Jesus. Uh, because the Holy Spirit, and I know sometimes people will, uh, look at us as Lutherans and kind of say, you guys, you guys don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. Uh, <laughs> but when we do recognize the Holy Spirit, we recognize the Holy Spirit because he is doing the work of pointing us to Jesus. When we see Jesus, the Holy Spirit is doing his work. And when we're talking about Jesus, when we're confessing our faith in Jesus, when we are hearing his word and receiving his gifts, the Holy Spirit is living and active and doing exactly what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. So we just keep up with that. Absolutely. This is what happens when we talk about numbers between the two of us on the coffee hour. Um, but anyway, um, so there's there's a lot of, of um, traditional context behind uh, behind what happened at Pentecost. Um, that if you're not if you're not familiar with with the fact that this had been going on for so many years already um, as a feast already, uh, you may miss some of the some of the um, intricacies of of what actually happened that day. Because I mean, these people weren't just randomly um, gathered. No, they were gathered in accordance with the Old Testament law, and as they gathered for sacrifice, uh, they they were there for one of the three big uh, Old Testament festivals, and as they gathered for that festival, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes with the sound of a loud rushing wind, and there are tongues of fire... Uh, or tongues like fire that appear over the heads of the apostles, and they begin to speak in tongues. And and this is always a, a wonderful little <laughs> tangent because we get to talk once a year about what is speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. and does this happen in the Lutheran Church today? Uh, and the question is, well, it all depends on what you mean by speaking <laughs> in tongues. Uh, in Scripture, the word tongue uh, is used both of fire as it kind of licks. And think about a fire and how it, how it, you know, has that licking shape to it. And also for the use of, of languages. And most of the places in, in scripture, actually, I would say all of the places in scripture where it refers to languages, it refers to known languages that certain groups of people speak. And so in Acts chapter two, it talks about the Medes and the uh, Parthians and the Elamites and the people from Mesopotamia and uh, all of the other wonderful ites that are there. (laughs) And, we have every reason to believe that the apostles are speaking to them in known languages that the apostles didn't previously know, but the Holy Spirit gave them the gift of languages that they hadn't known before uh, for that time. When we talk about speaking in tongues, sometimes in the broader American church, folks will talk about that as a personal prayer language. But that's not really clear in scripture that there's a personal prayer language that's speaking in tongues rather the church as she goes on her missionary journeys is speaking in different languages always with this idea of interpreting and understanding known languages to other people and so do lutherans today speak in tongues absolutely the gospel goes to spain and to latin america and to ukraine and to russia and to south africa and all kinds of wonderful places and as the gospel goes there, it does it not just in English, or not just in German, or not just in Greek or Latin, but it goes there in the language of the people wherever they are, and as we continue to speak in these tongues of known languages to people for whom Jesus died. So when the, when we go to, this was what, the Feast of Shavuot, right? 
is uh, that's the that's the feast of weeks. Um, so yes. that's what they're observing in Acts. That's recorded in Acts chapter two, uh, when this, when the the tongues of of uh, that appear like fire uh, come down, and then they all hear the gospel in their own language. In, is that right? Yeah, in their own language. Um, and that word uh, shabuot uh, means weeks in English. Uh, it's a Hebrew word. It's kind of fun. It's the plural of week. Huh. fascinating. See, my own language. And we, we talked about that. With, that's in the archives. We talked about yes. that with Pastor Parviz we last did. year. I think mm-hmm. it was on oh. the coffee hour. Yeah, so he's can... a lot smarter than I am. You should talk to him more. <laughs> so we can share that. That's in our archives as yes, well. So, uh, what then? How do we observe Pentecost today? The, the Christian Pentecost today. What are you preaching on for uh, Pentecost this year? Uh, this is going to sound funny, but I'm preaching about Jesus. No way. Yeah, because where the Holy Spirit is doing His work. He is always and constantly pointing us back to Jesus. I'm really, really excited about this gospel text where it talks about how uh, Jesus is speaking with his disciples before they head out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as they're talking, uh, he commands them to stay in his word and to stay in him. And he promises that he is going to send the Holy Spirit. Uh, It uses the word paraclete or comforter. Uh, And we get to see the work of the Holy Spirit around us. It also calls to mind John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in the middle of the night, and he says, well, you see that the wind blows, but you can see where it's been, you can see that it's going, but that's about it. You don't know much else about the wind. So it is with the Spirit of God, that he he goes where he wishes and he does what he does, and as the Holy Spirit goes where he wishes and does what he does, he's always pointing to Jesus. I'm also really jazzed because <laughs> there is just a fabulous hymnody that goes with Pentecost. I know that, that gets Sarah all excited. Yeah, a uh, bit. <laughs> but indeed, we get to celebrate with these these wonderful hymns, Come Holy Spirit, God and Lord, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so many other just fantastic hymns. Uh, we get to deck the church out in red, yeah. uh, which is kind of a strange thing. Uh, I've heard uh, some Christians make the comparison, well, well, fire has that kind of reddishness to it, so uh, it has kind of that fieriness. But we also remember that any celebration of, of faith usually is red. Uh, so when the Holy Spirit comes, it's red. When we celebrate the gift of faith that God preserved through the, the Reformation, we use red. When we celebrate the faith that God gave to the martyrs, uh, because ultimately it's a, a celebration of the faith that God gave and not the martyr themselves, uh, we do that um, usually with red. And so all of these faith festivals are red, and Pentecost is the big, the the big ringleader of the faith festivals. <laughs> the ringleader. Oh, what can we do to um, prepare? Are there things that we can read beforehand? Hymns that we should sing through, or um, I don't know, fun little books or articles or things we can Google to, to kind of <laughs> I don't know read up. <laughs> Read up more on, on, I don't know, the historical context if we're interested in that or or, or what this means or, or anything like that. Well, I would highly encourage folks to read in Scripture from Leviticus chapter 23, especially verses uh, 15 through 22. That's uh, Leviticus uh 23 verses 15 to 22, and also to read through Acts chapter 2. Also, um, it is a wonderful day to get to remember your baptism, because at the end of Peter's Pentecost sermon, uh, the people there are cut to the heart, and they said, what then shall we do? 
And Peter says, be baptized, each and every one of you. This gift is for you and for your children. And so Pentecost is also a really neat day to get to, as an individual, as a family, or both, remember your baptism, that you are in Christ, dead to sin and alive in Jesus, your Savior. Uh, some... Some folks have a tradition of having a special baptismal candle that was given them at their baptism that they light on their baptismal birthday. It wouldn't be too far, though, to say we light it on your baptismal birthday and on Pentecost <laughs> uh, as a celebration and a reminder of the gift that God has given you in baptism. Uh, there are all kinds of un other wonderful resources that I don't even have time to list them all, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I think Leviticus 23 and Acts 2 is a really, really good place to start. Uh, and and happy Pentecost. <laughs> happy Pentecost. Uh, tomorrow we get to uh, check out Pentecost hymns. I know we do. With uh, Matt Mockamer from Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne. The Reverend Peter Ill, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church, senior pastor, Trinity Lutheran Church, Millstadt, Illinois. Thank you so much, Peter Ill, for being our guest. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.